sort of in a roundabout way. I was a teacher and working in schools for about 15 years. And that's all about goal setting. And in a classroom, you're not only doing your own goals, you're doing goals for, you know, every child in the room as well. So as I transitioned into working for myself, it became even more important to look at things from a holistic standpoint. So I was, I was only doing my own goals at that point, but there were so many different things. And as we work as sort of multi-talented entrepreneurs, so many of us, there are so many hats that we're wearing and there are goals that go along with each one of those hats. So how do you look at all of these things from a 30,000 feet perspective and then sort of gain the awareness to be able to see when things are off and how we need to bring them back together. And that's really what today is about. The work I'm doing at the moment is as an educational consultant. So I work with families to help students, um, and really from pre-K up through their postgraduate year after high school, find the right fit school for them. So that's the work at the moment that I'm mostly working on, but I do still uh, work within personal coaching and I do some grant writing and work with nonprofits as well. So that's the sort of backstory. As I go through the slides, um, obviously, if you have your your video off and you are, you know, would prefer to stay that way, that's absolutely fine. But as I go through things, if you have questions or want to add a resource or a thought that you have, please do feel free to jump in. All right, let's see if I can get my screen shared. I'm super excited because I feel like um, uh, this, I needed this in April of 2020. And uh, yeah, just really happy to be doing this with everybody and hope that everyone finds it um, super helpful. Even though, you know, we know that uh, 2021 has some challenges ahead of us, we'll hope to, um, yeah. We'll hope to uh, achieve those goals. It may take a little bit longer. Everything always seems to take longer than you think anyway, right? Is that the everyone else's sense? Right, and I think part of it is you have to bake that into things as well. You know, mm -hmm. we obviously we're gonna term limit some of our goals, but adding that flexibility in is the most important thing. So reflecting back on 2020, we didn't know what was coming next and as we look forward to the next year, and I think Suzanne, this was such a great time to do this at the end of January, because January 3rd, 4th, 5th, nobody's, you know, we might be writing lists of goals, but we haven't really sunk into things after the holidays. And so to have about a month to really just let things ruminate and settle was really, really helpful. And I think we're all at a point now where we're mo much better able to take stock of where we are and move forward. So with that in mind, um, anyone who's watching this, I would love for you to just take maybe 30 seconds or so to think about what it is, not only that you want to get out of your year, but when you think about having this full year, what are you hoping to get out of this particular presentation that's going to get you started? So what are the things, and if you have your notebook, your workbook out, you can write this into the into the slot at the top of the second page. What are you hoping to leave this understanding better? And then obviously at the end, we'll have some time for sharing of thoughts and questions and talking through a few things. 
So as we move forward, the first question, of course, is what is a reflexive goal? Um, reflexive really does mean just reflecting back on yourself. So I was an English teacher for a long time. A reflexive verbs are things like myself, where you're reflecting that action back to, towards yourself. Reflexive goals are really about doing it on your own, creating goals that are really responsive to you rather than where people think they should be within their business or within whatever timeline they're working on. So rather than saying, okay, I'm a, I'm a photographer and I've been in, at, at it for 15 years and this is where I should be right now if I look at everybody else around me. Well, as we all know more and more, especially after the last year we had together, everybody has a different boat. You know, everyone's in a different place. And so to make your goals for your business or for your personal life that are really focused on looking at a wider lens of everybody is not really helpful. You really want to make sure that when you're creating goals, they're about moving you forward rather than being in response to anybody else. So things that you should remember or think about as you're creating your goals. You want to start from where you are. And this is part of that reflexive piece as well. Um, you want to be really thinking about in both concrete and more metaphysical ways, where are you right now? Where do you see yourself going? If we're looking at the year, where do you hope you are? What do you hope you're celebrating by the time we get to New Year's Eve moving toward 2022. You ask yourself, is this a true goal or a should goal? Is this something that you really want that's really gonna move you forward? Or is this something that you're saying to yourself, okay, I, I really should get around to this, but it holds no joy and it really isn't connected to where you want to go. And it's important also to build from and acknowledge your accomplishments. We all accomplish things in 2020. Um, you know, we talk about it as if it was the most awful year ever. And, you know, that there are all of these memes and, and all of that about what a dumpster fire year it was. But I think if we look back, each one of us can think about things that we, that we did accomplish, things that did move us forward personally and professionally. And it's really important to acknowledge those that we're not running away from what happened last year we're moving forward towards the next thing. And it's much better to start from a place of celebration than it is to, to move forward from a place of sort of resisting what came before. You're also going to want to track your progress. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, sort of your five steps to what you're going to track. Um, but you wanna make sure that you're not setting a goal today and then reflecting on it December 31st. We're making sure along the way that you're breaking things down, creating steps, creating your micro tasks and moving forward with those. It's really easy to set a goal. It's a little bit more difficult to move forward with those steps to get there. And it is really important that you make goals in every category. I think something that we've, we've really learned in 2020 is that we need a better balance. And even balance is probably the wrong word. So balance indicates that something's going down 
when something's coming up, right? You're, you're hoping to get to this point where you're feeling balanced. But if you're at work, you really are focused on your work and not so focused on things outside of it. When you're really focused on, you know, reading that book that you're really enjoying, you're trying not to think about the work. So what we want is for all of these things to be moving in harmony. Things are gonna come up, things are gonna go down, but in the end, you want them all to work together in a really harmonious way. So those categories would be business, personal and finance, your health, your relationships, your personal growth. Um, and that can be anything from, um, you know, a list of books that you want to read to a course that you want to take, um, your recreation fun, you know, things that you enjoy doing and then contributing back to your community. Um, it's so important that we are not thinking about things in a vacuum. Each one of us, you know, if you're familiar with Simon Sinek's work, your why, your vision, your business is not about winning or well, hopefully you're making money, but it shouldn't be about making money. Um, it's really about what you're contributing. So whether your contribution is from your business work or it's a monetary work, or it's something that you can volunteer. You want to be thinking about how you can become a more grounded part of the community. This is something that anyone who's done SMART goals will be familiar with, but you want to keep your goals measurable. So how much by when? I am going to, I'm going to grow my Instagram following by 100 followers by the end of the first quarter. Um, I am going to, if we're talking about something that is maybe more health related, I'm going to cut down the times that I eat sugar every week to, you know, one time a week rather than every time I go buy the, the chocolate bin. And then something that is new to my own practice, but I think is really inspirational is this idea of a breakthrough goal. As you look through the goals that you're setting for yourself in all of these different categories, see if you can isolate one, maybe two, but no more than three that are breakthrough goals. If you are able to achieve this, it would create expansive growth in all aspects of your life. Your breakthrough goals should be creating quantum leaps. And it could be anything from um, growing in your business to finally running a 5K, to reconnecting with somebody who is really important to you. Something that is going to shift everything for you. And in the end, the most important thing is to take action. You know, there are a lot of different ways of saying this, but I love this one, imperfect action beats perfect inaction every time. You need to be moving forward. So before we get to actually setting these goals, I wanted to talk a little bit about awareness. Awareness is what allows for fluidity in life. So if you think of the idea of being the, um, are you the rock in the river or are you the water that flows around the rock? Awareness lets you become the river rather than the rock. And there are lots of different ways to look at awareness. So I'm not necessarily talking about um, yoga or meditation, although those, although those are really 
obviously time-tested and really great ways to grow your awareness, but those aren't the only ways that you can do that. So let's talk a little bit about internal versus external self-awareness. This is actually from the Harvard Business, Business Review. And it's this idea that we've got four different self-awareness archetypes. You've got internal self-awareness, which is being aware of how you view yourself. And then external self-awareness, which is being aware of how others view you. And you really need to have, you know, work towards having a high level in both. So somebody who is has high internal self-awareness but low external self-awareness is going to be somebody who's pretty introspective. They're very clear on who they are, but they don't challenge their own views or search for blind spots by getting feedback from others. So this is the leader who um, walks into a room and you can tell that they've spent a lot of time preparing things and getting everything ready, but they're not, they don't get that feedback from those around them. Um, on the other side of that, if you have low external self-awareness and low internal self-awareness, those are people who are generally thought of as seekers. So they're not sure who they are yet. <clears throat> they don't really understand how their team sees them. They generally see that as a reflection of, of how they see themselves. And they might feel stuck or frustrated with their performance or their relationships because they have a hard time both reflecting on their own feelings and understanding where others are coming from. And none of these are really bad. It's just, it's just understanding where you are so that you can try to really encourage within yourself greater awareness on some of these levels. So let's look at high external self-awareness and low internal self-awareness. These are people who are always looking for feedback from other people. They are unsure of how they feel about their own actions. So they're always looking for that feedback loop of how other people are seeing them. On the high external and high internal self-awareness, you have people who are very aware. They know who they are, they know what they want to accomplish and they seek out and value others' opinions. So this is somebody who walks into a meeting knowing what they want out of it, but then are able to connect in a really authentic way to the people that they're working with to come to an agreement about how things should get done. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little hoarse. I think there are um, some allergens. All right, so <clears throat> things to get you more aware of yourself. If you need to work on your internal awareness, you're gonna find ways to get still. And this could be any any number of things. Some people find stillness when they're doing the dishes. Some people find that stillness in the shower or when they go on a walk. Um, I would really, this sort of links up with quiet movement, which is at the end of the list. I'm someone who loves to, I like to go out and run or take a walk. A lot of times I have my earbuds in and that means that I'm not being aware of two things. I'm not being aware of what's going on around me, but I'm not, also not paying attention to what's going on internally. So if movement is a way that you connect to your own internal awareness, I would really recommend that you find some ways of doing that that don't involve outside stimulus. So either take out your AirPods, um, turn off the, the TV if you've got that going on in the background. <clears throat> you really want that to be a still and quiet time for yourself. 
I always want to listen to yourself talk as well. Uh, I can remember I was, um, I was a theater major in college. And when I got out of school, I was taking some classes in New York. And the, the director of my, vo uh, vo my voice class had us all carry around a little notebook. And we had to write down everything that we said about ourselves. And it was incredibly um, difficult you know, to sort of start picking apart the way that we pick ourselves apart to really think about the way it is that we talk to ourselves. So really try to be aware of that so that you can stop doing it if you're not kind to yourself, but also so that you can see where your perceptions need to shift. You want to find ways to self-reflect, especially if you have a lot of negative self-talk. Um, self-reflection can be, again, a gamut of things. It can be journaling. It could be as, as simple as, um, just jotting down things that come to you. It doesn't have to be sitting down and like writing four pages, dear diary, here's what happened today. It could be keeping notes on your phone that as things come to you about the way that you've been moving through whatever situation you're in, you can jot those down and look at them again later. And then of course, meditation is a great way to really quiet down what's going on internally so that the truest part can step forward. You know, it's, a, it's an eternal practice, no matter what kind of awareness growing you're doing, to quiet things down enough so that you can really pay attention. Gets a little tricky when we're looking at external. So one of the best ways to do it is to ask a trusted friend or a colleague or a mentor just for some feedback. That it really takes strong listening skills. And you want to really go into it thinking about I'm listening to this person's perception of me. And sometimes you're not gonna like what you hear or it's going to be at odds with what you think of yourself. I get told all the time that I'm quiet. I don't think of myself or didn't think of myself as quiet for a long time. Um, so I, I really focused on, okay, well, yes, I'm quiet. And in my head, I was thinking quiet as being like retiring or shy or not engaged and realize that what's actually going on is that I'm very observant. So I'm totally engaged all the time. I may seem really quiet because I'm not using my voice very much, but it doesn't mean that I'm not present and aware of what's going on. Something else you can do are personality tests. And there are, again, you know, a huge number of them out there. One that I really like is the, uh, it comes from the Gallup and it's the Clifton Strengths assessment. And what that does, it's all strength-based. So you get ranked on, I think it's 34 different potential strengths. And it tells you what your top five are. And that part of it's free. You can, there's a paid thing where you can go into more depth. You can at least get your top five. And as you look at those, you start to see how you use those strengths in all of the different aspects of your life. And it can really help you grow the things that Maybe you thought were strengths, but are a little further down the list and you can focus on those or know that as you move into a new situation, you've got these strengths already at you sort of at your beck and call to, to bring with you. I do wanna to touch on systems um, as so many of us, you know, okay, so now we're aware, we, we know what we're, 
what we're dealing with with ourselves a little bit more. We're going to be paying attention to ourselves as we go through all of the steps that are going to get us toward our goals. And for many of us, the first thing we think of, okay, is how can I systematize this? How can I put things in place so that I can make sure that I've got a system to go through every day? Systems um, don't make sense just because they're a system. So a lot of us will, will put a system in place because it makes us feel better, but it's not actually one that connects well with the way that we work. So again, becoming aware, especially maybe looking at some of those personality tests, it'll help us find the systems that really work for us. So maybe it's blocking out time and that is a system that really works well for you to work on batching things. You might be somebody who works much better in shorter spurts. So don't look at a system and just implement it. You really want to be thinking about, okay, what do I know about the way that I work and how I can really use my strengths to create a system that works. And missed one. Flexibility. So obviously flexibility is the most important thing when you're putting a system together. You want to have a commitment to getting to the goal at the end and put a system in place to get there, but things are going to change. And so you need to be flexible about those systems, about your goals and your tasks so that you really can evolve. Uh, I like to think of flexibility and needing to shift things not about you know sort of having your your start point and your end point and flexibility is just moving around something it's really evolving because if you're using your flexibility to move around an issue what you're actually doing is evolving so that when you get to that goal you're going to be that much stronger you're going to your, your goal may evolve even so having flexibility is not a momentary sidestep, it's allowing for evolution. So we've gotten really specific. Now we're going to come back out to the macro level again. There are five steps to setting your goals. The first is to set really big goals, things that are attainable, things that you can measure, uh, but things that are inspirational. You wanna have a good mix of inspirational and aspirational goals and things that are that you feel like are really within your wheelhouse. It's like, okay, I know how to do this. As long as I can keep with the steps, I, I know I can get there. And then you're gonna determine your milestones. So we all know that we don't attain our goals in a big leap. It's so much better for us if we get smaller milestones so that we have a place to celebrate and launch off from again, so that we can see how things went from sort of the beginning to that first milestone stone and evolve if we need to. <clears throat> so you're going to create the goal, determine your milestones, and then term limit your goals and your milestones. It might be 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. You don't want to go more than two or three days without checking in with your goals. So once you've written things down and created your milestones, you want to come up with something really visible, whether it's a, you know, a reminder on your calendar that pops up and says, look at your goals, or maybe you're someone who likes to see them visually and you have them put up on your wall in your office. You want to make sure that you're setting the 
the intention to check in with those goals as often as you can. So you've got your goals, you've got your milestones, you know how long that they need to take. This is a point where you start breaking them down into tasks. They might be things like, if you're just starting a business, okay, I need to incorporate as an LLC. Well, anyone who's done that work knows that you don't just sit down at the computer and incorporate your LLC and it's done like that. There are all kinds of micro tasks. And micro tasks are the things that trip us up the most. Those are those emails that need to get sent. They are the forms that need to get filled. They are those little things that need to get checked off. Those are the things that tend to, to ping our emotions. They're the things that will trigger an emotion that may stop you from moving forward with that task. So you want to be aware of those micro tasks and have a way that you're going to track them. Um, it might be in your planner, you write a list of everything that you need to get done and you can just check them off. What I really recommend that you do is to know your big threes. And this is on a daily level and on, a, on an ongoing level. So what are the three most important things that you need to do today to move things forward? And what are the three things that you need to do consistently to make sure that you can move towards your goal? So today it might be send an email to Suzanne, check in with your um, business insurance and get a post out on LinkedIn about your new venture. Three things that you want to be doing consistently those are things that are more like um, make a new connection every week. Make sure that you are checking in with your CPA. Make sure that you are posting regularly and being available to comment on those things. Those are the things that are going to keep things moving forward. And then again, those micro tasks, right? That you really need to find a way to move around so that you can achieve your larger goals. Remembering that you're never going to get it all done, which is from Esther Hicks, but I think we all say it to ourselves all the time. There's no way I'm ever gonna get this all done. Well, well, it's true, you're not. You know, how many of us write a task list every day and get to everything on it every day? It would be wonderful, but if we really wrote down all of our tasks, well, you have to feed yourself tomorrow. So that's on your list too. You know, you're always, Task lists are, are infinite. So one way of moving around this is body, mind, and heart scheduling. When you sit down to schedule your week or even your day, these are the things that you want to take into consideration. Now, yes, if you have a deadline, you know, sometimes it's, that's how you're scheduling. But if you are looking at things in a more holistic way and you have a little bit more time, this is a really nice way to schedule things out. So you're gonna start with your body. How is your energy? You're gonna schedule and to do with that in mind. So if you did not sleep well last night, or say you know you're gonna have a late night on Tuesday, don't schedule things that you know you're gonna need a lot of energy for on Wednesday morning. Because sometimes we feel like this, and other times we feel like this. And you're gonna get a lot, the things you're gonna get done are a lot different. So when you're feeling high energy, those are good times to reach out, to be connecting with people. When you feel a little bit more like the seal, those are good times to just check off those road tasks. Maybe, you know, 
checking your, your social media, um, I can't think of the word, but your social media um, bits and pieces, like how many followers do you have? Who's been looking at your different posts? And then we go to the mind. There are three really important questions. Does it need to get done? Sometimes we fill our lists or our micro tasks or our day lists with fluff, things that we put in there so that we can avoid doing the things that actually need to get done. So look at that list, see if you can edit. The second is see if you need to get it done yourself. This is important not only in business, but at your home as well. So for instance, I don't like ironing at all. Um, I tend to buy clothes that don't need ironing specifically so that I never have to pick up the ironing. Um, but we've started to use uh, cloth napkins. And my daughter, for some reason, is really finicky about them looking nice. My 10-year-old thinks that ironing is awesome. He thinks it's the coolest thing that he gets to hold this like atomically hot piece of metal in his hand and like smooth everything out. You know, and, and they're busy all day. Kids like anybody else, like a nice mindless activity that has a really clear outcome. So every week I pay him $2 and he irons all of my napkins and it's awesome. So do you need to do the task? I don't personally need to, to you know, iron all of my napkins. I can have somebody else do that for me. And the last is, does it need to get done today? You know, is this something that would be better done on a different day when you're, you know, you're feeling like your energy is at a different place or you've got, you know, there's one more piece of the puzzle that needs to get put together. You wanna to make sure that you're doing these tasks at the optimal time, not putting them off if you can get them done. But if something needs to shift and you're trying to sort of jam it in, wait until you're ready. And then this is probably the most important. What do you feel like doing today? And what will bring you joy? I think if we're looking at our schedule all the time and weighing it down with these tasks that are joyless and bring us no, you know, no inspiration, we're gonna get bored of our work very quickly. So again, whether it's personal or whether it's within your business, you want to be sure that you are infusing everything with as much joy as possible. Something it isn't possible to add joy to, but add some joy in later on if you can. So we looked at a lot of things very quickly. Um, we looked at becoming more self-aware, setting goals, breaking them down, and then managing your micro tasks. So take a minute now um, to sort of let that sit for a second and see what you think is being your next steps. Within the workbook, you'll notice that um, I did have my personal information on the front. You can always get back to me and find me if you need to, um, just you know, for a quick email or whatever you like. Um, I'm interested to see if there are any questions or comments. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really uh, such great points, Liz, and I think it's not always um, obvious. Right. And I think one thing that I've had to adapt to, um, you know, I, I was a business owner and then I became a parent was like having a, a menu, right? Because there's only certain things you're going to be able to get done in a certain amount of time and to conserve energy for those high efficiency moments. 
And I think another, another key piece is routine and, um, and eliminating options. Well, there's a lot of research out there about how you only have so much mental energy for certain things. So um, like take Steve Jobs and his outfits, like he wore the same thing every day. He didn't have to think about it, Zuckerberg. Like these are just things I don't think about. And I've gotten into that in terms of meal planning, you know, since the pandemic, because we're not, we're not eating out really. So, okay, what do I need to do? So I don't have to think about this when, when I'm not spending 15 minutes in front of the fridge trying to figure out what, what to make for dinner. Um, so, you know, just a goal like that um, wouldn't even need. So, you know, like I put in the comments that I did meal prep this morning, like I chopped up vegetables, they're all sitting on the counter, you know, and then I'll, I'll cook those. I'll throw them in the oven before I go to a board meeting. Um, so things like that, that I think are important that um, I just don't have to spend time wondering what I should be doing. Absolutely. Anytime that you can cut back on decision fatigue, it makes a huge difference. That's, that's the term. And I'd also like to hear um, if everybody else has questions or, um, you know, are there particular goals that you would want to share um, that maybe other people might want to have that goal too? Elizabeth, I, I have to say, I appreciated the 30, 60, 90 goal sort of thing because, or looking out that far, because right now what I'm finding is that some of the goals I have are are big, like putting on a, a large festival, but without knowing what's happening beyond tomorrow and vaccines and gatherings and all of these things, I, I feel like this daunting sense of, I should be planning that, but I really don't want to because I don't even know. And so I think it's helpful to look at sort of a 30, 60, 90 plan so that you, so for me that I don't feel like nothing's happening, right? Yeah. So there's like big, big goals. And then there's sort of the, the next level goals that are more, I guess, doable with what we have to work with right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so just sort of looking at the reality of where we are in the world. Um, so I'm gonna think about that a little bit more too. So thank you for that little kind of reminder to put the big goal down and think about it, but um, to also look at things closer in that way, maybe in that same way. Yeah, absolutely, great. I'm also curious to know more about uh, finding that uh, that right uh, uh, sweet spot between uh, between the uh, setting of big goals uh, on the front end and then the tracking of microtasks on the on the back end. Um, I found that in my working style, I'm often um, sort of in one or two modes. One of the modes is uh, is sort of uh, on the setting the big goals and kind of um, being aware that there's something that I want that I don't have uh, uh, that, that kind of prevents me from uh, from, uh, from from getting kind of inaction there. And then on the other end, on the on the tracking of microtask, it's it's like uh, constantly searching all my different mailboxes or something, right? And uh, um, and, um, and but but the two are sort of connected and uh, finding the right threads where uh, where um, the large goal gets gets kind of transformed into the uh, the actual results. Um, but like the, the processes for that aren't always as clear as it was when I originally set out or set the goal. And uh, I'm looking for some more clarity for, uh, for how to best identify the right kind of channels for, uh, for, for, for transforming um, what would be an out-of-reach goal into something that, uh, that, that is practical and accessible. Absolutely. So I think there are a couple of ways you can go about it. Um, I can share what I'm doing at the moment is that I have things 
that I've actually put into my calendar. I've put my goal and what I want to happen into my calendar and have reminders sort of backdated to, to look at that goal and make sure that A, it's still what I want my goal to be. Because as Kim said, things could change on a dime. What I want my goal to be now might be different 30 days from now. And then I also have, I work with Asana. So I keep track of my micro tasks in Asana and have again put reminders of when to check in with things, but I track all of my micro tasks in Asana because there's something so satisfying about hitting that little button and then that line disappears. And I feel like I've really, you know, moved myself forward. So it's finding that, like you said, a balance. Um, I would really recommend as you start out, find a time every week where you're checking back in with those. Some people like to do it on Sunday. So you're sort of starting your Monday morning already moving. Um, I'm a Monday morning person because I like Sunday to just be about hanging out with my family and, and you know not thinking about work so much. So every Monday morning, I sit down and I do my financial check-in and then I do my goals check-in. And I look at where I'm hoping to be, what my my next level milestone is. So, and that's where the bulk of the work goes, is that first milestone. Um, you want to be checking that it's still aligned with your bigger goal. But at this point, to Suzanne's point about decision fatigue, our brains can only hold so much. So if you're trying to keep that whole journey in your brain all the time, it's not going to seem doable. But if you, really focus in on that first milestone and the tasks leading to that, that's a lot more doable. And if it seems insurmountable, find another milestone a little closer in. Is that helpful? Yes, that's excellent. That really was, thank you. Just throwing some notes into the chat as well. And I would encourage anybody, you know, if you want to add some notes or highlights, I can send out the chat notes. Um, that might be helpful to kind of go back because what I find is really great about NIM is that there's so many great insights that come out, but a lot of times uh, you forget, you know, so it might make sense to take a look at the notes, maybe revisit um, this worksheet on a monthly or quarterly basis. Um, Liz, how often do you think that, um, you said that uh, the bigger goals, so if you're looking at, you're looking at your bigger goals every week and then setting the milestones for that week or how does that work? And then the micro tasks? Right, so the bigger goals don't tend to change very much. So it's really just a question of reminding yourself that they're there. Um, so often we write the goal down and we get started with like that first flurry of things that we need to do to get to, to get started. And actually what we're moving towards just flies out of your head. So it really can be as simple as just going, oh yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that in six months I will be able to start the beginning of planning for a, for a really great festival to happen in the fall. And then your micro tasks are getting you ready for that. Or your milestones are getting you ready for that. So maybe the first milestone, um, if you were writing a book, would be to write your introduction or to write your first chapter. Yes, 
and that's sort of how you want to think about it. You're, you're writing the book that's going to end with obtaining your goal. And so each chapter is contained in some way. And then your micro tasks are like your paragraphs, I guess, but you're, you're looking at both the macro and the micro on a pretty regular basis because goals tend to be things that have sat with us for a little while. You know, most of us don't roll out of bed and think about, okay, what is it I want to do in 2021 and, and grab something that they've never thought of before. These are, when we set our big goals, we set, tend to set things that have been ruminating and we've been thinking about them and we're excited to get moving on them. It's those milestones and how we get there that are the things that are more likely to shift. So again, you're reminding yourself of your big goals and making sure that your milestones are aligned with getting you to that. Do we wanna look a little bit at, um, at the workbook? Sure. And spend some time maybe, um, maybe actually filling it out or do we wanna do more questions? What are we, what are we thinking? question. All right. So how about if um, Liz, you want to share or I can share? I have it up. How about if I share? Up, that would be great. I'll oh, great. Up. Okay. Let me. All right. Let me share my screen and here we go. Let's make this big. how that appears. <laughs> Does that look all right? I have so many things up. I can't even. Liz, how does that look? Can you see the workbook? I can. I'm missing some of it on one side. I wonder if okay. you can, is there a way to close off the, the sort of the mini yeah. pages at the side? Here, uh, let me just do this. Is that better? Oh, there we go, okay. All right, so we're starting, um, and really the book was for sort of to go through and be able to jot things down as we went through the slideshow. Um, so the first few minutes were just setting your attention for the setting, for the session. What are you hoping to gain? Um, general questions that you might have at the beginning that you'd like clarity on or specific things that you might be thinking about. Yeah, does anybody want to talk about any particular goals that they or thoughts that they might want to share that other people could steal from? All right, we talked about what reflexive goals are. So I guess in doing this, you would want to say like, okay, what are what are your goals, right? Um, and how? I guess maybe Liz, could you, could you just review what you mean by reflexive and? Um, you know, if you're going back to this and you're filling this out on your own, just a refresher. Sure, so reflexive goals are goals that are really aligned with where you want to be and where you want to go. Um, these are goals that don't have, they might be using other people and other people's journeys as a frame of reference, but they are really, really focused in on where you are, 
what your goals, what your sort of bigger vision for your life is and where you're hoping to get to. So it's just checking in and making sure that you're not doing any of the shoulds. This is not about where we should be in our journey or what we should make sure happens, but really making sure that these are truly aligned with what your values are and what your journey is. Yeah, and I would say that the, the special 2021 feature is that, um, you know, you have to be responsive, right, to, okay, something happened, you know, um, I think I mentioned this before, but my daughter was in the hospital a couple times, and, you know, that definitely put me back, uh, and, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is, and to anticipate that that could happen at any time. I One one tip that I did traditionally was that I would not schedule anything for Friday. Like I really wouldn't have any projects. I could maybe have a few phone calls, but especially after a NIM event, speaking of that energy that you have, like I knew after being out late doing, you know, hosting and talking to people and like having a late dinner and maybe a glass of wine, Friday was going to be toast for me. So, uh, so kind of building that in, like you said, was really important. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Kelly, I think made a good point in the in the chat about um, not forgetting about joy. And um, Kelly, what what did you do? You want to add a little bit about that? One, I yeah. liked how you were. Uh, it's a good reminder, Elizabeth, of of that. Just for people that if you you know, especially last year, it, a lot of people were so you know obviously got, we got the rug pulled out from under us, but um, to what helped me last year, and I think I'll use moving forward is finding the silver lining. Uh, and I used to do it once a month and then it was, you know, getting more frequent once a week. And now every single day I say to myself, hmm, what's the silver lining today? You know, uh, it just helps that finding the joy and, and uh, kind of keeps you in a positive mindset, um, which helps obviously, you know, attain your goals and goes with all of it. So that, I just liked how you said that. Remember, <laughs> keep adding the joy. Absolutely. Life, life gets really dull if we're not adding things in. Awesome. I love that. Very good. Uh, and I like you do it every day. Go ahead. Steve. One place where I get stuck on this stuff sometimes is uh, um, in setting the goals. Uh, I, I know the goals are this kind of a, uh, this reverberating uh, uh, something that came from before, right? And uh, um, and then figuring out which which part of the goal is part of the goal that I really care about versus the the, the part that is sort of the noise. And uh, um and and uh, trying to 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 better attune that is something that 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 I'm uh, interested in learning more about. I I think that's a, a really good opportunity to get things down on paper. If you're a pen and paper person, um, if you if you write something out with your hand, there is sort of that brain um, emotion connection that happens um, way more um, profoundly than if you are typing your goals up. And if you just take a minute and literally take a deep breath and look at the goal again, we generally get an indication, you know, you, you will get a body response you know, is, does your heart drop at the thought of it? Or is there that piece of inspiration that you're like, oh, 
Yeah, okay, I really like that. You can start too, as you pull apart the milestones, you'll see, okay, I really don't want to do anything that gets me to this goal. And that will make you reevaluate whether that goal is really what you want to be doing. Um, you know, if you're, you've decided that you're gonna train for a marathon, well, that's great, but you start looking at those milestones and it's things like having to run 13 miles and having to you know, go out for four hours on a, on a weekend and be running for four hours. And, and if that doesn't appeal to you, then you have to look at your goal and say, okay, well, is it really a marathon that I want or is it to be more physically fit? And is there a way that I could do that that better aligns with what I'm actually willing to do to get to that goal? That's a great example. And I know, um, I'm sure the story is not unique, but I know someone who kind of developed a marathon addiction that kind of did their marriage in ultimately. Yeah. I did a couple of half marathons and had a bunch of people saying, oh, you should do a marathon. And then I was like, I love the idea of being able to say I can run a marathon, but the idea of spending four or five hours running on a Saturday holds no interest. Yeah, I, I did one. And mm -hmm. I did it in my twenties. I'm glad I did it. Cause now I don't have to torture myself <laughs> or injure myself. Right. Too. So, all right. Um, okay. And we talked about this, the yes. imperfect, imperfect action, perfect, perfect inaction. So this I think this is a really, this is a really, really key point, right? Like keeping yourself grounded, especially with all the stress that, that we're dealing with now. Um, I'm just curious, does anybody have any, any tips? I bet you Kim Fuller has a tip on this. How did I know you were going to suck me <laughs> into that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could do a whole workshop on grounding yourself, right, and staying focused. Um, I mean, I continue to go back to my meditation practice and... Uh, I'm a Buddhist, so I read the Dharma, which is extremely helpful around looking at what is real and what do I make up or what, what is happening and what I wrap around it, my story, um, because that can cause a lot of stress. And so that's why I think with even looking at this awareness piece, which is what I think drew me to this talk, Elizabeth, um, is so key, I mean, to, to really see where you are aware because i think the more aware you can be the less stress you're actually going to have and you can kind of accept what is present and available and not do all the shoulds when it's not even really accessible to you maybe so whether it's mentally emotionally physically situationally um so that's been what's helpful for me is to just keep saying my favorite question is always what's possible which helps me sort of say, okay, this is where I am. This is what I want to do. And what's actually possible, like what's possible. Or if I'm really stuck, I say what's possible because it keeps that flexibility thing you talked about. I think Elizabeth, that was such a great illustration of this piece is that if you can't stay flexible again, you're going to get really stressed out because you're going to be disappointed over and over again because you've set something and it just isn't possible because of whatever right your energy covid your child goes into the hospital right so there's all kinds of things that can come up so that helps me stay in joy too 
right? And not put this pressure to be perfect. I mean, your talk is so wonderful. It covers all the points. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just making sure I'm looking at reality and not wrapping my uh, expectations around it in a way that's not flexible. And I would say too that, um, especially with some college students joining us, which I'm super happy to have, that a lot of that is, I think, trying to weed through what are the expectations of yourself versus the expectations of other people, especially as you're graduating, as you're making life decisions um, and what's really important to you and how you align what you're doing with what you want to be doing, which obviously, I mean, sometimes if you have to wake up early to go to class, right, that's, that's a pro that could be a problem, but the goal is to graduate well, actually the goal is to get a job, right? And have a, and have a career that you like and that you're successful at. The milestone I would argue is finishing your degree. And then the micro tasks are like all the classes, the homework and all that. Steve, I bet you might have something to say about that. I think others who are going through it now might actually have even more uh, uh, insight into into what that's what that's really like. But um, uh, what what I just noticed is how um, this is a way uh, goaling works for me too. Where where uh, I, I imagine what the goal is, and then I, even as I'm describing it, it sort of runs away from me, right? As as the goal gets kind of bigger and bigger in my head, it's not just to graduate and to uh, and to get a job and also to have a successful life. It's uh, it's it's like the whole the whole thing, and, and that, that's where again it kind of becomes uh, it's a, it's a big goal and uh, what what a good life looks like, you know, and uh, and then how to how to sort of uh, harness that back and, and transform it into, into actionable steps. Uh, I'm, I, and, and especially now at a time when where things are just being done totally different than ever before, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to know what, what, what students are doing to, uh, to, to, to find that way. Yeah, Jack or John, did you wanna, do you have any yeah. thoughts that you wanna share? No pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's like a lot of different goals, especially like at a time like this, like um, just kind of like finding out what exactly I want in a career. Um, obviously doing good in my classes. So I think for me, it's really just staying organized and kind of just staying organized, doing my tasks at hand. And then I think the rest will kind of come along for me. Um, I know that my overall goal is to be, uh, I want to be like a manager or upper level uh, management at a company. And that's like the ways to get there is kind of just doing the daily tasks, making sure I'm doing good in my classes, getting opportunities that I see that I can get. Um, yeah, so I think it, it is tough. I mean, we're in a tough time here, but um, staying organized for me really helps me meet my goals. Yeah, like likewise, as Jack said, uh, one of the things that helps me a lot with like keeping track of my goals and make sure I'm like staying on top of them is kind of just like taking everything at like one day at a time. Like it's like I have like, I have like a goal of like becoming a successful salesperson at a tech company, uh, but what really helps me is just uh, taking it one day at a time, like realizing that I have that large goal, but also keeping myself grounded in the sense of like, I got to work to get there. Like I got to do things in order to achieve that goal and taking it, taking it one day at a time really helps me focus in on what I have to do. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. And if you can figure out now how to get organized around those goals, you've, you've already beat quite a few people who are, you know, at my point and beyond. Um, if you haven't read it yet, I think a great book to look at is The Infinite Game by um, Simon Sinek. It's a fairly new book. And to your point, um, Steve, about 
you know, the next goal and the next goal, I think it's important to remember that goals are not an endpoint, right? So it's not like today we set, you know, five goals for the year, our lives, and then, okay, I've attained it, I'm done. Like you still have to get up tomorrow morning. So your goals are going to shift. They're going to move forward. Um, if you're thinking about it from a business standpoint, you know, your, your goal is, is almost like another milestone, right? Because once you set, you hit one goal, you're going to keep going, you're going to keep growing. So having this idea that it really is infinite and also makes those wiggles around flexibility a little bit more easy because if you're thinking, okay, there's something else coming after I attain this, um, it lets you be a little more gentle with yourself around tasks or milestones that maybe don't go the way that you wanted them to. To, to build on, on on that idea of uh, um, of of, uh, of goals that that may or may not go the way that that uh, that, that are intended. Um, oh, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought here. As, as I was started saying it, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the um, so sorry, I'm, I'm totally losing my train of thought as as I'm talking live here. Uh, can we can we come back to me in a moment? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think. Uh, part of it is just establishing the habit of, of goals and milestones and tasks. And it seems like you guys are, you know, Jack and John, you guys are already building out good habits. But I think as you're looking at the bigger picture and in particular, um, the awareness pieces and the, um, and the Venn diagram that Liz has in the, in the chart are gonna be really great. Like I was just reading a book or listening to some highlights about, um, like saving too much for retirement, which is very uh, counterculture, right? But one of the things to talk about is that if you take some money and you travel and you have these experiences and you do that when you're younger, like you shouldn't wait until you're 65 till you retire to go to Paris, right? Because there's so much you can get out of it and that, um, you know, there are other priorities that you need to set. So that's another thing too, as you're looking at your career and, and your life trajectory, I would recommend. Thank you. Awesome. Kind of like the, if not now, when, right? I mean, I feel like yes. that with, with, um, with goals too, like you can look at your goal all day long and think it's, oh God, it's so big. But then like you're saying, Elizabeth, breaking it down into these micro steps and just doing one thing, if that's all you have the energy for, because I mean, nothing's going to happen unless you take an action. And if you just kind of go, you know, okay, well, if not now, when, because we can push off for ever. Right. And remembering not to wait until you think you are a hundred percent ready to do something. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're just trying to get things accomplished, getting yourself moving is going to be the most important thing you can do rather than sort of doing that sitting and waiting, which sitting and waiting just makes you sit and wait longer. You know, the longer, the longer you wait before you get started on something, the harder it is to get that momentum going again. So momentum going again. Uh, the, uh, so part of what, as, I, as I'm thinking about uh, goals and, uh, and, and setting the goals and then uh, uh, pursuing actions that, uh, that, that lead to good outcomes. Um, the, the thing that I've think about from time to time is, uh, is how uh, blinding the ideal of a goal can be. And uh, sort of carrying around the the idea of, of what what I want to be happening, um, and uh, trying to to um, to best uh, uh, set the goal 
not necessarily like like in place as a thing that I'm focusing on, but setting the goal down for a moment uh, to uh, see the actual opportunity um, that they may not look exactly like what I was expecting it to uh, map onto the way that I was thinking very rigidly about what the goal is. I think that's super important. I think that's where the reflection comes in. You know, as you're as you're moving toward a goal, if you're reflecting at those milestones, even you know, if there's a task that you've been avoiding and you do it and you, and you take a moment to really acknowledge where you are and take a look at where you are within your greater context, it's gonna make you that much more able to really see what's available and what's out there. You know, there may be a class that you felt thought that you needed to take that is full, so you can't. And it makes you look at other options for, you know, there might be a class that you that you sort of luck into being able to take that ends up being really important, whether it takes you away from your goal or not. I like to call that, um, you don't grip the steering wheel so hard that you can't turn with the road. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, um, I think that we should wrap up. We've been an hour and uh, really amazing insights. Thank you so much, Liz. And, um, and thanks everybody for contributing to the conversation. I would love to uh, have you join us on the NIM LinkedIn group. Um, and I'm gonna put a link there where we can continue the, con oh, that's Simon Sinek, sorry. Um, which I think I, I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. So love to um, check his book out. Another thing too that I highly recommend audiobooks, especially for a book like Simon Sinek where he's gonna have a lot of stories and and things like that, um, which are interesting, but might not be the most uh, time productive and you can do it while you're on a run or cleaning the kitchen, what have you. So yeah, please, if you'd like to share uh, your goals or some takeaways, go ahead and post them um, in the LinkedIn group, or you can post to LinkedIn or any of your favorite social media channels. We're switching up um, our hashtag we're using NIM live. Um, and then usually noting that uh, these talks are on demand as well. So um, yeah, Jack and John and anybody else, if you have friends who might be interested, um, we're gonna make the, uh, the talk available. It will go behind the firewall after about a week. So there's a little time frame there, but, um, but yeah, thank you so much everybody for coming. Yeah, thank you, Suzanne. Thanks right. so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Good day. Thank you, thank nice you. meeting you. Have a great, almost thank weekend. Thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. Thanks so much. Awesome.